welcome to 2023. Welcome to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Krivy, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and guy who skipped my wedding. It's not true, but Alex Dandino. He said it made him feel like a hypocrite. That's a fact. <laughs> oh, wait, I did, right. didn't I? You, you got married in Indiana, so that makes sense. Actually, we didn't invite his ass to spot. No, we did. He, he stood me up. Across state lines, he stood me up. Neither here nor there. I mean, I was at his wedding. Drunk as shit, I almost fell down during your ceremony. I think we all but, did, actually. <laughs> yeah, your cousin got us hammered, and so Amy kept watching me during your ceremony. I was one of like the groomsmen, and she's like, dear God, he's going to fall. I'm like, ruin your guys' wedding, so thank God I didn't. But... That's not what we're here for. We're here for a little business before we start. Uh, guys, it's official. We're on Patreon. That's right, patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. The best way to support the show, the best way to get more of the show, the best way to make the show exactly what you want. Uh, so, guys, you can get in for as little as a dollar a month, see what we're working on. We got mini series. We got commentaries. We got a Patreon-exclusive library filled with wonderful episodes over there. Uh, you can even, as you uh, if you do well enough, you can... Pick the episodes you want us to talk about yourself. So, guys, we do a lot over there to try to make it worth your time and while. So, if you would be so kind, go to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod uh, and support us over there. Start your 2023 off uh, right with a good deed, helping us out. The email, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Hit us up whenever. Uh, you can find us on all the social media. Whatever you're on, we're on, too. Uh, we love to hear from you guys. The YouTube is Film Alchemist, if you want to see our faces. Uh, might start, we've talked about adding some more YouTube stuff, right? I think we've been talking about this for years, but we're trying to fit it into our busy schedules. <laughs> and uh, something easy you can do, make sure you leave those five-star ratings and reviews uh, wherever and anywhere you find podcasts. All right. So we're starting 2023 off. Every year in January, we do a, a, a pod. The pod makes New Year's resolutions, right? Indeed. But we're actually starting with one that's not from us, right? So uh, the resolution, I guess, the way it fits in, it's actually pretty perfect. Uh, make more time for your family, right? Be nicer to your family. Heal uh, family relationships, right? So one of our friends over on Patreon, uh, Jason, right? Our friend Jason over friend there. Jason on Patreon. Friend Jason, uh, recently his mother passed away, right? It was very hard on him. I'm sure all of us can... Relate to how hard it is to lose uh, a family member, Absolutely. especially we towards the end of we the year. We love you, sir. Yeah, we, f we love you, Jason, right? Uh, Jason's mom, you know, is a hospice nurse, right? So she took a lot of care of people, right? So it's sad to lose good people, man. Uh, so Jason hit us up, man, and he was telling me uh, this really nice story about his mom in movies, right? Uh, that his mom and dad went on a date and saw this movie, Terms of Endearment, Oh, okay. And it made them want to start their family, right? And so that's when they, they had Jason, right? It was wow. because of this movie wow, in wow, theory. Wow. Uh, so I thought that was a sweet story, man. So he asked if, in honor of his mom, we could talk about terms of endearment. Absolutely. And I said, that is the easiest yes we will ever give, right? Yeah, uh, we absolutely. would love to do that for you. Um, and boy, were we lucky. So yeah, Jason, we love you, man. Uh, hugs. Internet hugs for your yeah, ears yeah. and your head. Um. Terms of Endearment kicks ass. So I had only seen this movie once, right? I watched this on a plane to Hawaii, right? When I was going on my honeymoon. I was like, I'll catch up on some classics. I watched Charade nice. and this. And I can't remember what else I watched, right? Maybe Bicycle Thief or some shit. Right. So mm -hmm. everyone else is watching like the second 300 movie, which was out at the time, right? I'm watching 
And I was like, oh, is that Ava Green tits? I'm like, no, I got to pay attention to this family drama. Quite, so a, didn't do- quite, quite a doble s- feature, the raid in terms of endearment. <laughs> well, no, it was uh, fucking 302 where Ava Green's getting her titty smacked around the sea. And so this 12-year-old's watching that and smiling his ass off. And I'm saying, like, I don't give a fuck about family dramas. I was a young man, just married, right? Figured it might not last, right? Like, maybe we'll get an old. <laughs> and so I didn't quite sit on me uh, this movie, right? So I remembered it lukewarm at best right i watched it today man and it, it's a devastatingly effective movie um it's it's joy it's sadness it's it really capture captures in not a cynical way the messiness of just being a human and being part of life and a family and a relationship um it is it's just this kaleidoscope of you know checking in every so often right big time jumps this and that um but it's yeah, it's messy, it's chaotic, but not in a, a cynical doesn't family suck kind of way, right? It just made me think. It's like yeah, every relationship you have, friend, lover, coworker, you know, grandma, whatever. Human relationships are fucking messy, dude. Um, and I was I was blown away today. I I love this movie so much. So Alex, opening thoughts on terms of endearment. I think I had also only seen this movie once. I th- I feel like I I don't remember a lot of the middle of this movie. I think this is a really fascinating example because I like I fucking love James L. Brooks. Like there is very few there's very few writer directors in this business that I think capture like you were saying like the truest ex- the truest human experience the way James mm-hmm. L. Brooks does. And I think a lot of the times his movies get sort of categorized under these weird like rom- like a very weird rom-com like but rom-com uh genre but i think it's because a lot of the time people don't understand how to actually like people don't understand how to market his movies people don't understand how to tell people go see this movie it's really funny yeah is it it's actually pretty depressing in a lot well, of ways it's not always as easy to be like hey do you just want to go watch your own life in the theater right. it's like no I mean, dude nobody, i want to go see the blue people right <laughs> like nobody invented dramedy for the 80s and 90s the way james l brooks did like he really like between this broadcast news and as good as it gets like he literally wrote the book on how to make movies about how people actually function and how they function in a movie though like we've mm-hmm. talked about this like this is reason I like James L. Brooks so much because there's a lot about my own my own writing. This is how I write, like the way people actually function. And I'm not good at writing people uh, entertainingly functioning. It like, goes Alex Dandino, one, James no. L. Brooks, two. No, it no. goes, I wish I was James L. Brooks. Like finding, like he's, hey, <laughs> he's always found that path in writing stuff mm-hmm. like this. Like Terms of Endearment is very real to me. Like I right. feel like we're in the... I don't feel like I'm watching a movie. I feel like I'm watching. I feel like a lot of the time I'm watching something very realistic happen because human yeah. beings are funny and sad. It's not just drama. It's not just comedy. Like there are just things that happen in our life that are the way people exist. Like, and a lot of that comes to casting too. Like Shirley right. MacLaine is utterly incredible. But we already know that. You know, like I mean, she's she's the fucking gargantuan of. She's the film. one of the. Gr- I mean, and she is one of the all time greatest comedic comedic dramatic comedy drama actresses ever like her her comedic timing is so perfect for drama and her drama is so perfect for comedy like there is very few like again the apartment's one of the seminal films of all time and that's because of shirley mcclain 
Right. Terms of Endearment, though, is like the seminal film of Shirley MacLaine's career, or not just because she won an Oscar for it, but like because it is such a real story. Like a mother, mm-hmm. and I, I live with you know my wife is my wife's relationship with her mother is very important. And watching this, I felt I was like, oh shit! Like this felt very real to me because I've I I, I live with I live through that. Like I live with right. my I live with my. My my mother's my mother's relationship with her mother is very was very important, but my wife's relationship with her mother is so intense. Just like this, not you know, it's not like they don't badger each other. And that you're, the, you're the flap, yeah. No, you're I am flap. not. That guy is so. <laughs> we'll well, no, to, but this movie, right? So, so cute. It, this fucking gigantic <laughs> slice of life film. This movie won five Academy Awards, kind of crushed, right? Brooks yeah. won for. Director, uh, directing an adapted screenplay. Director, adapted screenplay, and best picture for one. One best picture, and then Shirley MacLaine. And oddly, I think Nicholson winning for a supporting actor. Eh, right? Like this it's is not weird. even top tier Nicholson. Like he's great in the film. Yeah, yeah. but he's not. Always that one I always thought was odd, right? Watching Jack, Jack could have won for like fifteen other movies. Watching before. it again this, watching it again today, I thought the exact same thing. Because it's weird you say that. Because I was like, why did he win? I, was, I don't well, know that that restaurant, like the lunch with the driving on the beach scene, is great. Yeah, sure. Like that's great work. But yeah, so but anyways, this movie really hit in a big way. And what like the opening of the movie really struck me, right? It's that 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 fucking opening scene is so funny because that's what I used to do, right? When she keeps going in to check on the baby. Yeah. And the dad's like, it's fine. It's fucking fine. Let the kid sleep. And she, like, shakes the bed. And when the girl starts crying, she goes, oh, good, and leaves. <laughs> I wasn't like that, but I used to get up and lick my finger. Yeah. And put it under Hunter's nose to make sure he's breathing. And he's like, he's fucking... Because she oh, told I... me about SIDS. Yeah. I, I had no idea what that was. Dude, and I was like, what? what is that? She's like, sudden infant death. Dude, I'll right, be honest with you. I die. I still yeah. do that. I still like when I hear it's too quiet. When it's too quiet upstairs. Oh no, dude! Now I just lock the door, dude. I put barricades so they can't get out before. I know, and like, in nobody, you know, you can't really tell because like it's always dark when we do this. But like nobody knows. It's like it's five thirty in the morning where I am because last night we tried to do this and like my kid is just going through some weird phase where he needs us all the time or he just wants to be around. Like and again, like I'm not. But see, not that. even that though. The next scene. Where she goes into the little girl's room and she's like, are you okay? Are you going through anything? You want to sleep with me? And she's like, I feel tense. Yeah. And the girl's like, I'm fine. No, I don't want to sleep with you. And the mom's like despondent. She goes, hey, do you want to sleep in my bed again? And she's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, so this movie also. This is like, that's that mother-daughter thing. It's going both ways, right? It's not like an aloof parent, right? No, 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 no. So I I just thought that was, um, I just thought it was great, right? And then by the time we meet Deborah Winger, right? She's going to be our, our kind of main heroine, right? Mm-hmm. Emma. Um, Deborah Winger is such a fucking just breath of fresh air in this movie. Yeah. She's so unbelievably lovable. She's one And of the those... thing that's key to her, though, right, is even though Flap's a cunt, her mom's a cunt, right? Her kids are cunts. She's somewhat unflappable, right? Since he's looking for other poon. But uh yeah, so she's <laughs> But no, she she just she maintains this. She accepts life for what it is. She accepts her mom's eccentricities. She accepts her husband's shortcomings. She accepts that her kids like that last scene, dude, when she's in the hospital, but I was a fucking weeping wreck. Because Hunter was having his birthday party and I was like, fuck, dude, I gotta go upstairs and take a shower so people don't know I'm crying my eyes out. Right, right. But when she just tells her oldest son, she's like, I know you love me. 
You don't yeah. have to tell me, oh right? It's okay that you spent the last years pretending you hate me. I always knew. And she said this line. This is going to make me cry. She said this line, though, where she said, don't hurt yourself for that later. Yeah. Don't ever do that to yourself. Your mom always knew you loved you. Yeah. Um, and she's so important in that respect. Because I think a lot of us, right, um, going through the life that she's going through, man, we get beat down. You get fucking beat down and you forget to be thankful for things. You know, whether it is even a kid who fucking, you know, is trying to act tough to you. He's healthy. Mm. He's good. Right. He'll be an adult. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think her dealing like the one scene when Shirley MacLaine is like, I don't want to fight. She's like, who's fighting? She's like, I always think we're fighting. She's like, dude, that's on you. Right. Like, I I've never fought with you. <laughs> I've always just been on the other end. And so that 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 thing, though, of accepting yeah. reality. Right. And facing it with a smile. Right. It's it's not devil may care. Right. Because that implies that it doesn't matter. It's it's a devil will care and won't be stopped. Yeah. Right. And it, it's such a and she's great in this fucking movie, like amazing in this movie. Yeah. Well, I mean. Who, Deborah Winger or Shirley MacLaine? I mean, they both are like they both. both got- but Deborah Winger, like that one really caught me off guard. I knew Shirley MacLaine yeah. was amazing in this movie. I had forgotten how much Deborah Winger we meant forget, to be in this film. We forget a lot about Deborah Winger because she got uh, annexed from Hollywood. And it sucks because the reason she did was because she did exactly what most really strong female actresses have to do, which is like stick up for herself. Because she yeah, didn't want to do a lot of the roles. She didn't want to do a lot of the roles. Like, I think the last, I feel like the last time I saw her in a movie was like, Rachel getting married. Like, I do not remember her past like two. Th- I, I like she hasn't done a lot of work just because like mm-hmm. she she got a reputation for being very difficult, and she was always she is one of those actresses who always just put on such a real performance. Like no matter what the role was, like I the the movie it's weird because Terms of Endearment obviously it's like the movie that everyone knows her from. The movie that I remember her from best is this. Uh, rom-com called forget paris with billy crystal yep and urban cowboy see, an officer see, and a gentleman yeah see, she's in a like, lot of good she's ones. in these bangers that is the one movie i remember her from the best because she is stand out not billy because billy crystal's billy crystal but she is so shockingly real in that movie and so every time she's on screen and then god dude Everything about the way she does, she operates. Like when she has right. to call. I just read a hilarious thing. I'm so sorry. I was looking her up because you're like, I care the last time I saw her. So her first thing on her trivia section, this is such a funny fucking paragraph. Her notorious off-camera clashes with equally mercurial Shirley MacLaine brought out the best of both actresses and complexity in their on-camera contentious relationship, right? Um, And it said when, when MacLaine nabbed the best Actress Oscar instead of Winger. They were both nominated for Best Actress. Yes, they both were. Uh, McLean famously shouted, I deserve this. <laughs> and then in the press, even though they hated each other, she would always refer to Deborah Winger as Dear Deborah. <laughs> and apparently, she turned down Karen Allen's role in Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Can you yeah. believe that? Yeah, I can't actually. She's... <laughs> You know, you know why? Because I would imagine Shirley MacLaine would have read the script and been like, why aren't I Indiana Jones? She turned down Alex Forrest in Fatal Attraction, which Glenn Close got. Yeah, okay. She would have sucked in that movie. She not that she's not a great actress. She Glenn would not, Close that's is not the right. Perfect. That's not the right vibe for her. 
Yeah, broadcast news. Okay, she was in that. She was in broadcast news. Oh, dude. I I, I think that's great. That is fucking hilarious. I deserve <laughs> I mean, again, I... <laughs> She's just Shirley MacLaine. Like, it's unapologetically yeah. Shirley MacLaine. Like, I don't... But I think Deborah Winger is one of those actresses. The reason that I you always... Got a Sunset Boulevard thing going on, dude. What? <laughs> I'm ready for my close-up, dear Deborah. <laughs> There's such a fa- it's such a fascinating thing, because when you read about this behind-the-scenes shit and you watch, like, the movie... Because I-, I also read that... Um, Jack Nicholson improvised a lot of shit he did with Shirley MacLaine and it like like I'll say this if Terms of Endearment had been made now and he had done the the improv improv that he had done on set he probably would have been fired like immediately <laughs> like he apparently yeah. he apparently improv like putting his hand down her le- down her legs and like that was something she was not she's like oh well it helped my performance I'm like nine times out of ten now if he had yeah. done that he would have been like They've been like, oh, that dude sexually harassed me on camera, and he got fired. Yeah. Which, by the way, is a fine. Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying like, oh, for a bygone era. I'm saying like that right. is a very Jack Nicholson Some thing. Shit happened that would not fly. But it, I, one of the things that starts in the film, right? Their relationship is so hilarious, right? Because yeah. they, they do seemingly she despises her daughter. <laughs> or as my wife said, right? She's like, she just wants to do things she to hold wants- her daughter. Yeah, and I and I was like, but all she's doing is pushing her daughter away. She right? wants her daughter to have the best stuff, and the way she, she only the way she knows how to do that is a hold on. Daughter's wedding skips her wedding. I would never have pro. Well, I would. I'm soft. I can't hold grudges for long against family. Against normal people, I can hold a grudge forever. Yeah, yeah. I'm amazing at holding grudges against normal people. Yeah. Oh no, if you if you fuck me once, like even half a fuck. Like, I will pray for your ruination. Yeah. You're like that guy in Scarface. Yeah. Like, don't you fuck me. Right. But if my mom did, like, had my mom skip my wedding, like, the next week, I'd probably be like, I was fucked up, but you're back. Fucked you're back up, in. but you're back. I, right. I couldn't possibly stay mad at my mom for long. Yeah. But it's such a strong thing to drop at the start of the film. And the next morning, her and her and Flapper, you know, banging, right? They're doing the old stretching. Well, I mean. And the mom calls, and she still fucking stops to talk to her. And it's like, that's just what it was. The mom lost the husband. And so her, she just knows her mom's fucking neurotic. Right. Well, it's more than that. Like, that is the depth of their relationship is like, it's the two right. of them. Like, the two of them are Them against left. the world, yeah. It's them against the world. And I think that, you know, Shirley McLean's character, like, Emma just, it's Aurora, sorry, Emma's the daughter. Aurora just wants her daughter to have every it's like what any parent wants for their kid like you just want your kid to be happy and like when you see your kid making a bad decision you want to prevent it in a way that's like there's like preventing it when they're children which is like oh like you're gonna burn yourself on that i'm going to like pull your hand away that kind of thing and then when they're when they're adults and when you're an adult like this has happened with my brother with my parents is one of those things where it's like He's just going to be him. Like, they're just going to be them, and they have to make their own decisions. They have to fuck up on their own. I think what's fascinating, what's, what makes Terms of Endearment so unique is that Aurora spends so much time trying to prevent these fuck-ups, even though they're going to occur anyways. But she, yeah. but she, all she does is, like, there's, like, this parenting thing she does where she's like, well, it's going to happen, and she lets it happen. Like, because she lets it happen, but she still complains about it. I don't know how to describe it. It's but such she, a weird she thing. She is constantly doom and glooming, right? 
She's like Nostradamus, but only says like your life's going to be bad. But I don't even know if she believes it. I think in a way she's just saying she hopes that shit happens so her daughter will come crawling back. I to think her. she just likes like that one scene, right? When they come back, she is stoked. That's I the happiest she, she ever seen. It could just daughter. be because she's getting fucking road. And so she's like, this is great. She even says, right, I forgot how fucking fantastic, fan-fucking-tastic sex is. Right. She's getting breed, um, so now she's she getting breed loved. Yeah. You know what I mean? You get it fuck, you get you get joints lubricated. You know what I mean? So, like, you're I, not walking around like the Tin Man anymore. I do think it's just... Now she's got a heart from the Wizard of Oz. You know, the Spaceman of Oz. Sure. You know what I mean? But, like... But also her daughter's back. And flat that's the other thing, up, too. So she's like, stoked. I don't think it's... Look, I love. I don't think she's even prognosticating. Like I have died. She because she says that she's like you're not you're not special enough to overcome a bad marriage. That's brutal. That's a brutal thing to say. I don't think it's like a ten man heart thing. You know, like to me, no. I the think, sex was the sex is Oz. Her sure. real life is with her daughter. Maybe I don't know. I think that like <laughs> that this is the kind of thing where like and this is the kind of thing that begin because I'm a dude and I don't have a relationship with. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not in a mother-daughter relationship. I can't speak you and, and tell. Pat, you and Pat have that kind of thing. Not this kind of thing. <laughs> you would lay on the bed and talk about your dalliances, I bet. I mean, I'm not nearly cool enough to have a dalliance, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, you'll never believe what your mom did last night. God, no, damn. <laughs> no, but, like, the conversations I've had with... I mean, look, I'm not like the conversations I've had with my dad are particular, but like mother daughter relationships are different than father son relationships. Like there we is have to a, grow up and beat our dads in a fight. That's how the rule goes. Yeah, pretty much. Like the thing is, yeah. is like the son becomes the father. Like that's always a big right. thing. You know, that's a that's a time honored story. That's a you got to beat up your dad and spread nut around. That's when you know you're a man. Gross. But like that's a concept. But that's well, no, a very, that's what we do genetically. I didn't that's decide a concept, that. But like. Mother, Darwin decided that Dandino Darwin mother daughter relationships are very different because like, <laughs> like in, from my, from where I sit, and again, I speak solely as someone who's married to people and has seen right. my mother and that kind of thing. Women always generally try not to be like their mother and they end up being like their mother a lot of the time. It's not yeah. a bad thing is people are look. I love my mom. Like it is what it is. Like, you know, I'm absolutely mama's boy. Like I like my mommy and that's like part of the deal. <laughs> I don't mind. But I think she treats Emma right. But she treats Emma like she's that little kid in the Renoir painting. Always. Right? Always. She does not treat Emma as if she is a grown You're adult. Constantly who can running from your mother stuff. in a way that makes her love you more somehow. Like it's such a fascinating thing that happens. I think she's her entire world. Totally. Right. And she'll love her no matter what, but she also only throws shade at her. Absolutely. But that's right? like it's almost so like that. I don't like, even tough think she's like, thing. don't do this. I don't want you to hurt. No, no, no. She's like, I can't wait for you to hurt, so you'll come back here. It's this But it's weird... not meant to be like a it's it's such a strain. It's like it's negative. Yeah, no, she what wants it is, is to be a sub. It's this weird, like and this is okay, so they're in Houston, so it's sort of like the southern thing too, where like it's this manipulative thing that parents can do. Where like I think that's everywhere, but it's different here. It's different in this. But either way, like the negging thing's a good a good way to put it. Like it is this manipulative tactic that mothers can do to their daughters. That like I don't know what that is. Like dads can't pull that off. Like I've never been able. Like every time my dad has tried to, he's never really tried to do anything. But anytime you see that, negs you. Anytime you see, did you beat him up when you turned into a man? Did you beat him up? Shut up! Anytime you see, that's why. (laughs) Anytime you see, that's why a man 
try to do that to their son. Like, dad's like, dude, fuck you. I don't give a shit. Like, that's yeah. how that usually goes. Daughters, Once for some you beat reason. beat your dad up, it can never happen again. Daughters, for some reason, can be negged by their mothers in a way that's, like, absolutely incredible. Like, the gaslighting yeah. that happens is unbelievable. I've And that's what makes Terms of Endearment so incredible is it's so real. Like, it feels so real the way that those that relationship works. The hardest part to accept is that Emma is still so enamored with her. I, the hardest part to accept is that she's enamored with anybody other than her children. Like, I do not understand, like, like when she has... Okay, so you're a married guy, right? Yeah. You've been married for eight, ten, ten years? years? Ten years, right? There, There is such a thing, right? And I, I think about this a lot with us, right? With me and my wife, because we started dating in high school. Right, yeah. Right? And so I do think there is this thing. She has that thing where she still remembers the man she fell in love with. Mm-hmm. And is not fully reconciling that with the man that he is now. Right. And even when we start to see, right, there's that fucking terrible scene when the baby has croup. Yep. Or croup, whatever the fuck it's called. It's croup. And she's trying to fucking, you know, steam him out. And he's like, he doesn't even want to get out of bed. He doesn't want to do the steaming. He's tired. He's been running around fucking at the library. <laughs> um, and she knows. She specifically knows what he's doing. Yeah. But in her mind, she just lets it go another day. Well, we got the kids, right? Like, this will be a huge... Like, just the idea of, like, as bad as it gets, right? I got to break this up, right? We got to do all this lawyering. We have no money. Uh, The kids are going to be mad at me because I've ruined the relationship, even though it's dad's fault. Right. So you see her just keep pushing it down the road Mm -hmm. until she sees it with her own eyes. Then it's, you know, not the monster under your bed. It's like the monster, like, sitting on your chest, like a sleep paralysis demon. Right. Then she has to make a move. But even then, even then when she busts his ass, right? And he fucking chased her down with the baby on his chest, by the way. Yeah. And says, uh, you're going to ruin us with your dramatics, right? Like a real fucking piece of shit. She still comes back to him to move to Arkansas. The kids still jump out of the car and hug him. They get to Arkansas. He still oh, brought the to- fucking side piece with him. And they moved to Nebraska. Or Nebraska. Right. Yeah. Correction. Nebraska. He still brought the fucking side piece. So she sees her and confronts her. Still doesn't fucking make the move. And again, I think that's what I, it's not melodramatic or hard to understand. It's, it's messy. It's fucking complicated, but it's real, man. That just, it's a complicated thing to be in love with someone who, yeah, you have to rectify that version. Like to me, this is the thing, though. He might be in love with her, but he also needs his ego stroked, right? So he's got to go out and fucking meet floozies. To your point, though, I feel like, and this is the part where the mother-daughter relationship is so important, because it wasn't that Flaps like some English professor. Like, that. She, like she wasn't down about his career. His probably like, she just knew. Like, Aurora knew what Emma was getting into because she knew the kind of guy that Flap was somehow. And this is just like a preternatural thing that parents can do. It's just like you can tell. So she says her well, piece. Well, also, she's been there, right? Right. Exactly. Like, it's so something she says I didn't understand until I, I'm, I became a parent where it's like I used to lie to my parents like they're stupid. They don't know shit. Oh, dude. And yeah. now when you're a parent, you're like, oh, dude, I've done that. I've been there. there. I know what you're going to say now. Like, you can watch them formulating lies. Yep, absolutely. And, like, I'm going to skirt this and their logic, and you're like, dude, I've been there. And so Aurora probably had those fucking thirsty ego searchers. I love that scene where, like, that scene where she, they have this, where she's like, I'm on to you. Like, that bit, what I love about that scene is that that feels like Aurora 
speaking through Emma. Like that's that that's that inherited trait of like I know what's mm-hmm. going on. Like that's right. an Aurora thing to have just like confronted head on and be like, the fuck's your problem? I know what's going on. Right. Right. But no, I mean you just see it, that's right? Because Flap's doing his and Flap is that scene when she's finds the lumps. Yep. Right? Oof. And Flap is trying to change the subject to ask her about the lumps. And she's mad at him about having just saw the side piece who followed them on their trip, right? That is one of those brilliant writing decisions, right? Because maybe he is honestly concerned the mother of his children is going to die. Yeah. Right? Because he doesn't want to raise the kids. Maybe he's concerned because his wife is going to die. The first love of his life, right? Maybe. Maybe he is just trying to change the subject. And if that is not a mirror onto the normal conversations we have all the time, passive aggression, right? Say the thing without saying, I want you to know what to say without me having to fucking tell And it's, it's just fucking brilliance, right? And, and you know, Jeff Daniels and uh, Deborah Winger just killing it. And so I think that that thing, right? Like there's even this weird choice in the middle of the film where she, uh, in this horrifying scene that I remember from my childhood, right? Where you're trying to buy shit and you're like, oh, I don't have enough. And you start putting shit back, right? You miscalculated with taxes or whatever. Right. Um, and, you know, they're trying to shame her, right? That lady's like shaming her in the store. Lithgow hooks her up, right? Her son's like, get over the car. She's fucking screaming at him in the parking lot. Like, I just oh, want to talk yeah. to another. It's fucking like that stress of a day, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> and so it's just like, it's so fucking relatable. Mm-hmm. We're just like, I want to enjoy this nice moment and this nice thing that happened to me for a second. But everything's fucking with you, right? Well, then her and John Lithgow have a fucking affair. So because of Flap's infidelities, now she's trying to fucking get it back, maybe. Or she just needs someone to fucking love her for a moment. Do you think that... This is interesting, too, because Nicholson and Lithgow both got nominated for Best Supporting. I think that Lithgow has a little Strange. bit stronger performance, to be honest with you. I don't know about that. I, honestly, like but, I'd have to see what else was out that year. I'm honestly shocked either of them were nominated. I agree. Not that I, they didn't do well, but this no, no, isn't no, no, no. like Hannibal Lecter was in Silence of the Lambs for no, like so that minutes. year. So that year, here's the thing. I know personally who I think should have won that year. Cause who, so who's nominating the category that year was Jack Nicholson, obviously, mm-hmm. Lithgow, Charles Durning for To Be or Not To Be, which is an, a Mel Brooks comedy, mm-hmm. Rip Torn for Cross Creek. And then the one that I think he should have won was Sam Shepard for The Right Stuff. Because he was Chuck oh, Yeager. Oh, dude, that's a good one. Like, to that's me, that's the kind of crazy thing about this is, like, you have three power. I mean, look, the whole, you know, Charles Jr., like, the whole crowd is great. But, like, Sam Shepard as Chuck Yeager in The Right Stuff is, like, one of the great performances. And to be beat out by Jack Nicholson at all is kind of weird because I really just, like, I don't. It's a like look. It's odd. It's a but, it's a but, fine performance. Lithgow is a he's a man who has a wife, right? She's like, why don't you ask your wife to be on top? And he's like, I can't. It's not like have you asked? Yeah, like right. six hundred times, yeah. right? And so like he's this relatable kind of like schlub. Nicholson is the this dick slinging astronaut, right? Yeah, there's always this really. It's interesting because like this one and broadcast news sort of have that same dynamic where like Albert Brooks is the Lithgow. And then you have William Hurt, who's doing. I mean, he's not doing a Jack Nicholson, but it's the same vibe. But, but like, yeah, astronaut and banker. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> it's a really fascinating thing, though. I don't understand. But why add the affair for Emma's character in the middle? I don't know. I thought the and same. Strangely, it doesn't. It, it doesn't, doesn't really do much. It doesn't for, make like, you like feel upset because her. I partner's guess to already me, cheated. when it became an because like to me, what it was going to be is I thought when it started, 
maybe it was gonna be some sort of emotional affair, you know, like it's somebody you can talk to because he's yeah. everything he he's everything that Flap necessarily is not. He's open, he's yeah. giving, he's willing to talk about a lot of things, including his sex life, like stuff that he doesn't really want to talk about. He's willing to talk about with Emma. So the fact that it occurred, I was like, oh, and then, yeah, like it's one of those things where I didn't know it was going to turn into that. But it wasn't, you know, it was expected. But I was expecting a little bit more emotional openness rather than it just being like unfair, I guess. Right. Yeah, it, it felt weird because if there's a part of the movie that didn't do a lot, I feel like that's the one, right? Well, because then she, it's like... Because Emma doesn't seem like it's it means a lot to her. Right. Like, she's doing it, but also when they have to leave, it doesn't feel like she's heartbroken to say goodbye to the banker. He doesn't come see her on her deathbed, so, like, it does feel like just this odd... But again, it, it kind of adds to this people bouncing around off each other vibe. Well, it becomes this dalliance just to get back at Flap, which isn't really... It doesn't work. Like, that's not the character. That's not what's supposed to be, like... I agree, but I see. I think you don't look at it as to get back. I think it's one she's just trying to recapture that because there's that great moment where the one scene where Flap comes back in the house to like bang her one more time. Right, right. He's like, "I'm late, but we got to go fast." And she's like, "I can't believe you came back." That's what she wants. I think she just wants someone to be around her. Sure, yeah. To appreciate her, period. Right. Yeah. And so I don't think it's like a you know, oh, I'll have my revenge. Right. No. Um, so yeah, it is. It's an odd, like, kind of fucking divergence, right? And at the same time, we cut to Aurora, who's having. Um, Aurora has a weird fucking setup, and like her weird kink is to have men just follow her around, like poor and Danny worship DeVito. her, but not go anywhere. Yeah. Right. Like, there's Danny DeVito and the other guy who like writes a poem for her, and she gives them both kisses at dinner, but then gets so upset because the doctor's like, "But you're old. You're old. Admit you're old." That she just walks to Nicholson's house and wants to date him now. Yeah. And even at the end, at the funeral, Danny DeVito and the other guys are still there, even though she's clearly been pounding it with Nicholson. <laughs> like, that's a weird, that's like her weird thing, right? She just wants this, this uh, the these idolaters. Like, this is the part that feels like a movie rather than like the way we're describing like what James L. Brooks normally writes. However, right. that's our life. Like, this could be very customary for a lot of people. I don't know. Like, I know if I get who, a divorce, that'll definitely be me. I know a lot of people who just have idolaters around, right? Like, I'm Mothra, this guy to get woken up by song. Like, I would love to have that in my life. Yeah, I know you pretty well. That shit's not going to happen. Also, like, that's first, like, first off, motherfucker. How dare you? I, oh, I'm not talking about like you're I the fucking flap to my Emma right now. I'm not saying happening. I'm not saying you're not some spring chicken. What I'm saying is like you <laughs> would hate people singing to you in the morning. So, oh, well, good point. <laughs> Maybe you do know me too well, right? I Maybe you you're the well. Aurora to my I'm your Aurora. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you back, hey, can you pipe down? I needed a good solid tan. Can we, you know what I mean? Wait an hour, come back with coffee, sing my Mothra song, exactly. and I'll wake from bed. Mothra. I do think I like the drama of pretending I was Mothra every morning. Yeah, I Waking think that up, would you know work I mean? for you. That would be like, that, that part's fine, see- but it has to be... That's the problem with me. It has to be on my schedule at see, all times. See, the I, thing I, then like, I would if be you got to wake up and do this, like, you know, if you got to wake up and do this sort of like King of the Monsters foreplay to all these all Hell these idolaters, yeah. that would that I would make sense. That that's the so life. That's, that's that's the way I should have. That's how it. I'm your Aurora right here. I know what's yeah. going on. <laughs> all right. Well, if I get divorced, you could be my pimp and make that happen. That's <laughs> fine. No problem. But right. So she she has all these dudes pining after her. Yes. And then she goes for Nicholson. Why? 
So I don't think she gives a fuck that he's an astronaut. I guess maybe she does. Does she? I mean, I, okay, here's the thing. In Houston, that was a big deal. Well, no, the one lady's like, she's like, do you want to see the astronaut? She's like, it's Houston. We have one on every corner. Right. Like, but like, <laughs> but like, that's in the 80s. Like, to her, yeah. like, to people we who grew up. space people back then. To yeah. people who grew up in the 50s, those, I mean, that's like fucking, that's, uh, you know, that's Harry well, Styles. said there were only corner. 106 astronauts at the time, right? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Out of billions of people. That's Harry Styles on every corner. Why is he a cool guy? Is he a cool guy? I don't know. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, he was until Don't Worry Darling press junket. <laughs> we spit. <laughs> yeah. I still think he spit on Chris Pine. I do too. I have been known to believe in conspiracy theories. Come on. All right. Neither here nor there. Either way. Why, why, why pick Jack? I mean, I think because he's the danger. He, it's not because he's the dangerous one. There's a more measured there's a more measured thought process to this. It's because he's the one. He's the because he didn't come back for her. Like he's not idolizing her. Yeah. It's the one you don't it's the one you can't have. It's like Emma, right? Mm-hmm. These other guys are what she wishes Emma was in her mind, right? This little puppy dog that would always be at her heel. Yep. Emma keeps going and living her life. She still loves her, but she moves on. So I think there's something to the I think she needs someone to push her. She needs someone to challenge her. And I think, you know, DeVito and them just they aren't delivering that aspect. Right. She. Right. You know, so she needs someone to do. I think that is another one in the movie where it's the the weird keeping of the the male harem is strange. <laughs> right. But And that's the other thing, because she sees Nicholson is like trying to pound 20 year olds. Right. He's a drunken slob. Right. Um. And so it is odd that they fall for each other, but their moments are wonderful. When she fucking throws him out of the car into awesome. the ocean, that's fucking Again, hilarious. All timer, all timer moment in the movie. Like all timer moment. And then he fucking g- grabs her tit, and I don't know if she had a mousetrap in there or something. But because he was like yeah. screaming in agony, whatever yeah. was down in that bra. I mean, I don't think I don't think I think it was a defense mechanism. I think he right? was just I don't upset think he was he, just like squeezing his nuts. I think he was just upset that he didn't come up with a handful of boob. You know, that's Jack Nicholson. I thing. mean, he did. He did. But she was doing some kind of Krav Maga lock on him. Well, that's Shirley MacLaine, man. She just that's Shirley she, MacLaine. She knows the deal. That's the other thing, dude. The time span of this movie is so because when she asked him on that date, she's like, I asked you th- three years ago for lunch. Yeah. And she remembers and it, it like slides. it's. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's so funny, though. But yeah, I think their relationship. Again, it's a little stilted, but it, it it really has a great emotional impact at the end of the film. When he shows up at the hotel while the kids are trying to throw her into the pool. Yeah. That is a fucking beautiful moment. Like, that choked me up a lot. Yeah. Because, um, again, that was his fear, right? The entanglement aspect, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to get entangled in people's shit. When Emma and her kids show up, he fucking, you know, disappears like Beverly Hills Ninja. Yeah. Right? He's like, you do family. And he's gone. And then he breaks up with their ass at the gazebo right after. But the fact that he did all that and he came to the airport, right? And the great scene when she says she loves him and he's like, damn, I was one second away from a clean exit. Right? And then he says, I love you too, kid. That's just fucking great. Yeah. But I'll tell you the scene when Nicholson that really sealed it for me. Not only at the funeral when he's dancing with the little girl, right? And they're like, oh, he knows a pretty girl. He's the one who breaks through. To the kid who's, like, got it tough, right? He kind of blows his dad off. He was mean to his mom. But Nicholson, like, gets through to him. 
Yeah. Right. And it gives you hope that that kid's going to be all right. Um, I thought that was fucking, which he was, I I do. (laughs) Yeah. That, the, the relationship between those two is pretty fun in the movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, even though like first time they bang and like they're fighting over who's going to turn the lights on or whatever. I, it was fun. It was fun. But I do think there's, there's the huge scene we have not addressed. Um, are Emma's talking to people in her deathbed, right? Because she says it in New York when she's at the fancy lady lunch. She's like, you told him I'm dying, right? And uh, the girl just goes, yeah, like, what do you want from me? And she's like, I want everyone to treat it like it ain't a fucking tragedy. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it happens. I have cancer. I'm, I might make it. I might not. Stop treating it like it's a tragedy. And this is where, for my money, I think I would have gone Deborah Winger for the for, Oscar. Yeah. Because those scenes, that scene when she's talking to her fucking two sons Mm -hmm. is as perfect a movie scene. I think that that I've ever seen the fact that that didn't seal it is really shocking to me because like, I think think there might have been a thought, right, that Shirley MacLaine is on the back end of her career. Like, I think Shirley MacLaine is an incredible actress, but at no point in the movie did she have this kind of scene. Uh, she, had, she had some moments, but not like, I mean, not this like is this. This everyone is, on earth who watches that scene is going to fucking, if you have like a soul, period. Yeah. Yeah. That scene's going to get in there and do some damage. Um, But just her like trying to get the hugs. The kid is still standoffish. Right. And she's, she's doing the speech and all that. It's. It's fucking brutal, dude. I, I was crying a lot because not only I was like, fuck, I can't imagine having to have that talk with my own mom. But then, you know, you start thinking like, what fucking happens if I were to like lose a kid? Right. Right. Because when her and Shirley MacLaine are talking, um, it's just devastating. Even the scene when she's talking to Flap. Right. And she's like, I'm just she's smiling. Right. She's like, I'm just glad we can talk like this. He goes, damn, you're easy to please. And he goes, I can't believe I couldn't do it more. Yeah. Right. He's like, my whole per like, what? Who am I gonna be if not the man who's failing Emma? Right. And she lets him off the hook. She's like, don't do that. Yeah. Just fucking be here again. Right. And like, then he's doing the like, I never thought I'd be a man who leaves my kids. And like, it's just real. They're getting the real shit out. This is not melodramatic, just weeping at a bedside and lionizing people. This is real shit that they're they're digging into. Yeah. It's. Oh my god, dude! I, I can't that that scene between her and her two kids is just like I mean, it's fucking brutal. Dude. It's the best scene in the movie. Like it's, and again, like I think there's just something so you have those you have those conversations with your parents, like where you, right. and it doesn't necessarily have to be on their deathbed, but like those kinds of conversations are so relatable because everybody has to have that relationship where like that that hero worship in a way that we do for our parents starts breaking down when we get a little bit older. Right. And I think what's beautiful is that moment solidifies. So solidifies so well, like Emma's understanding of that, but then also like the lionizing that she wants her children to do. Isn't that she was this great mom or anything like that. Mm -hmm. What she wants them to do is remember that they just loved each other. Like that is, well, that, that's the that's part mother, where she rips yeah. you open, right? Yeah, where she's totally. like, you know, I want you to make friends. I yeah. want you to be nice to girls. That kind of stuff, right? Because mm-hmm. we all have those hopes and dreams. 
Um, you know, I always think of it like that. Like, I want to, like, make it to, like, my kid's wedding, you know, graduations. Like, I want to see them, like, okay. Like, by the time they start a family or, like, even if they don't start families, right? I want to see them as, like, adults in the world being okay, right? Like, I hope I live long enough to see that, right? And then you're like, from there, it's house money. Like, if I did that, I'm cool. Yeah. So, from that aspect, it's it's wonderful, right? But even then, when she tells the kids, she's like, I know you think you hate me now. Like, someday you're going to remember when I got that baseball glove when you knew we were broke, but I found a way to do it. Yes. Right? You're going to remember when I would read you those stories. You're going to remember, you know, that we're snuggled up on a on a couch. Like, you're going to remember that stuff. And this, like, hatred you have for me now will dissipate. Yeah. Um. And again, I just, I think it's all fucking so relatable. Yeah. Right? Because you're, like, from both angles. And the two kids fighting, so one kid still worships the mom. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's kind of like what Aurora says at the start of the film, right? To the one guy, like, don't worship me unless I've earned it, right? Right. Uh, that's why she gets WAP for Nicholson. <laughs> this is different because it's with kids, and there's no WAP involved. But Yeah, very much no. Right. And so, the, you know, but it's just, it's so, when they give her the hugs, yeah. you know, and it's just watching those kids leave. And then, there's this moment, and this is the line where I would have said that's why I have to vote for her, right? Because it's so mm-hmm. fucking perfect. The kids are out. It's the last time she'll see her two boys, right? Yeah. And if there's anything we know in this movie is that she's a very devoted mother, right? Yeah. Like, really into being a mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and as they're leaving, the little boy is fucking crying, right? And he turns around to look at her. And she just goes, I think that went well, don't you? Oh, like, dude. I was scared of that, but I think that went well. Yeah. As the kid's crying and her tears are starting to come, she's all fucking dolled up. But she was kind of wiping it off. Mm. And in that moment, I was like, that is the perfect summation of why what a character is like in that moment you're like she did the homework she nailed exactly who emma was yeah right is it even in this the saddest fucking moment you could ever imagine she sends them out with a smile and a little laugh yeah um and to me, I was like, that's the one, dude. Like, if that's not enough. Like, I think I don't that's know. the thing is like. Uh, that yeah. that moment was like, it's this perfect extra moment just, at the end of that. that I mean, that, it just perfectly. Again, it's so heavy, but you're like, that's not yeah. who Emma is. I mean, to me, it just perfectly summarizes the movie at large, which is like, that is the moment. Like, all these, like, and the movie is, movie follows, like, it is very vignette Like, there's a lot of vignettes to me. Right, because every time we turn around, you're like, oh, it's like eight years later. Right. Oh, it's right. years later. So, like, for me, for a movie to have to function with vignettes, mm-hmm. what I think is really interesting is that the power perform the power performances happen. It's, I don't know. Like we've seen movies that don't work that well like this before. You know, like where they do these time jumps right. and time skips, and they don't necessarily function. Like, there's just something. There's just something magic about Terms of Endearment that really... Well, because that, that element, right? I don't know. Because There Will Be Blood does this, too, to a lesser effect, right? Right, right. Um, but what it does, it, it reminds you of what she says to her son. Someday you'll think back yeah. and you won't remember That's being mad at me. It's these snapshots of memories. It's, it a sna- it's a memory, right? Here's a day I remember, right? Good and bad. Um, when I'm on my deathbed, these are like the 15 things I'll think about. Um, and even that moment, right? Like that another just fucking like subtle and perfect moment I loved was just Shirley MacLaine wakes up from a nap, dude. She's been sleeping at the hospital every night, her and Flapper in there, and they're just like, she's gone. There's no like grandiose, 
mother-daughter soliloquy. There's no fucking, you know, her like, uh, uh, like nothing like that. It's just like, she's just gone, dude. She went to bed. She didn't wake up. And I'm ashamed I fell asleep. I didn't get to see the end. Yeah. And again, it just feels so true. And she goes, I'm an idiot. I thought there'd be more, right? And, uh, and then she said, I thought it'd be a relief, right? Like when she's gone, I thought it'd be a relief, which I think, is relatable if you've ever seen someone you love going like my my grandmother had Alzheimer's and that's terrifying. Oh, no, like she was this very small lady. I'll never forget my dad telling me because we're like, should we go see her? And he's like, she won't know who you are. Yeah. And then she just goes every day. She was a small lady and she would like cower when the orderly that she had every day would bring her in breakfast because she didn't know who this man was. Right. So every day she'd wake up in fear because some guy was breaking into a room. And it's like, you know, so you're like, maybe it'll be a relief, but it's not. There's no relief to it, right? And then she says there's nothing harder. And even this guy she despises, it seems like, right? Flap. She just fucking falls into him. Because, you know, even when it's rough, that's family still, right? Whether Even if he's bought in, right? That's family. Yeah. Um, and it's just brutal. Like, you just know that you lost this, like, wonderful, wonderful person. Right. It's, and I just I, I think that's the thing that really because as idiosyncratic as this movie is at times. It's so universally yeah, relatable. There's nothing about what happens that doesn't feel like we all could experience something like like whatever moment you want to pick from this movie. You can experience some version of it. And I think that's what makes it so unique and so powerful. And that's why it won five Oscars and did what it mm -hmm. did and like. That's why it lasts. And that's why it's such an impactful film for anybody because there's a moment for everybody in this film. It's, mm -hmm. I mean, even the funeral, right? You see the misery. You see Flap crying on her friend, even though he, they knew he cheated, but, you know, they had good stuff too. Sure. You see him break down, right? At the, like, what am I going to do now? Maybe, like, sad about he was the guy who always failed her, right? But the shot, you see them, like, kind of smiling as Nicholson's carrying around the daughter. And she's... You know, obviously Aurora is like shattered. Like this is like her world has ended and she has to rebuild it. Right. But the the last shot of the movie is her telling her little granddaughter, like, hey, come over here. And the granddaughter's so young. She doesn't know. She's just in a dress and she's smiling and happy. And I was like, that right there. Right? The sad old lady reaching to this granddaughter for hope. And this little kid who doesn't know anything else but to be yeah. happy to be alive. And again, I was like, that's that's it, dude. That's it's messy and it's fucking chaotic. It's hard to explain, right? Like you can't explain why people are doing what they're doing. Um, but you wouldn't change any of it. Agreed. Right? Because if you change it, what if like I think about this all the time. Like people are always like, if you could go back to like college, would you? And you're like, Well, yeah, that'd be fun. And you're like, wait, but you know, Everything what if I didn't have one of my kids? Change. Yeah. Yeah, what if I didn't have one of my kids? What if like me and you had never become friends, right? You start thinking of this Well, this is like this nothing is, is ever gonna be perfect, dude. It's always gonna yeah. be but, like, I wouldn't give up the great things I have in my life oh. to see if I got more or different great things. And I think it's so – I think we so often forget how much of that we all have, right? Yeah. It's – I mean, it's just the way life is. Like, it just yeah. – I. yeah, there are things I wish I could have done. I'd, right. But if I had done them, I wouldn't have had the life but I yeah, have. Yeah, mine is always, like, career stuff. Yeah. Like, all right, what if I went back and I like had all the career stuff I wanted, but like in my not, mind, I knew I didn't have Hunter. Right. Right. Or like a Logan didn't wake up in the morning and like crawl on me. Right. You know what I mean? Like that kind of shit is hard, dude. I, 
Like, what if you're like, maybe it'd be better over there, and then you're like, you go back in time, like, fuck. Like, I mean, I, I just wouldn't I be able my to wife. do it. And it was it. like gone. You know, like that shit scares me. Yeah. Um, but I think this movie it does a great job of showing. It's not like a, a rose-colored look at like a family life, right? Or a love life, or a you know parent life. But it does, even with the bad stuff, man, it does make you like appreciative. It's like I left always... that film crying my eyes out and appreciative. Yes, I appreciate the life. the life I have, even though, yeah, like, we, dude, we tried to do this last night. We're doing it this morning because that is, because that's life, man. Like, I have right. a kid who just needs his parents right now, and that's just what it is. And right. You just remember everything that's good about it. That's all. How bad is it? You know, that's the best problem to ever have. And yeah. when you I watch do a them, podcast with the guy who's my flap, you know, that's not easy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like we Aurora. Personally. We established this. You're my, that's right. You're my Aurora. Thank you very that's much. Right. I will get I'm you. Your Gorg- I will get you your Gorgira harem. No problem. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, I like do the fucking like, boom, 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 boom. Like I wake up like Kong. Oh, yep. The Kong See? has awoken. That's the kind of friendship we have. I yeah. will make that happen. Oh God, dude! I'll I'll do anything for you. <laughs> if that's just how I start my day, like if I gotta be like your butler, dude. No. If okay. I got a butle, but I wake up every day to a Mothra harem, even like a Gamera harem, like we'll figure it out. We'll, figure well it. you'll figure it out, and then I'll yeah. be your butler. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. <laughs> that's it uh, for terms of endearment, Jason uh, and family. I hope you enjoyed this, man. Uh, we love. Thank you, buddy. you. Condolences, my man. We love you very much, uh, guys. We're starting 2023 off, not 2020, 2023, 2023 with the bang. Uh, so, guys, please, if you listen to this show and you enjoy us, we're going to ask you a favor. Send the show to one person you know who loves movies. Aunt, uncle, friend, steal your friend's phones at a bar, make them subscribe, right? Send them the show, right? If you're a patron, send them the Patreon uh, thing that you think they might like, guys. We are going to word of mouth pyramid scheme this thing up. Woo. Right, so we'll become Bahamas rich, where we can get harems from any genre we want. Yep, yep. Right, and then we can just focus on giving you guys the good stuff. That's what we're doing this year. So, patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. Uh, if you want to join our, our pyramid scheme, if you want to come to one of these wake-up orgies. Indeed. That's how we do it, guys. The rising tide raises all boats. Remember that. And nothing raises the tide like Godzilla. Remember that. <laughs> The email is filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. The YouTube Film Alchemist uh, ratings and reviews wherever you find us. Everywhere you find us would be great. Uh, We're on social media, too. Hit us up, guys. There's a movie you'd like to hear about, uh, themes, whatever. Hit us up, guys. We love to hear from you. 2023 is going to be an amazing year. I have a strong feeling about this year. Uh, So thank you guys for your time. Many blessings uh, in this 2023, man. We'll see you for the next one coming soon. Cheers, friends.